This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt, coming to you from the Azalta Studio. And alongside me is the great outdoor enthusiast and a former driver like myself, Hank Parker Jr. Kerry, episode 17. This is fun. 17. Can you believe that? I can't believe it's going that fast. And you know, we spent the first handful or so talking about the anticipation and the preparation for hunting season. And guess what? It's here. Yeah, it was a frost on the pumpkin yesterday morning. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, I saw some, uh, saw a little rutting activity over the weekend doing some deer hunting, and I am, you know, my rev limiter is bouncing off the chip. Really? Yeah. Is that here in North Carolina? That was in South Carolina. South Carolina. They come in a little earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't so. seen any here, but. It's starting it's to see a little bit of those rubs, some yeah. scrapes going on. It's still early here, yeah. but down there. It's uh, it's wide open. I'm going to tell you, I was in Pennsylvania last week, and I went down to my brother-in-law's place, and a group of us go every year. So we were down there, and we seen a lot of rutting. I mean, bucks yeah. chasing does. Wow. I mean, I, I sat there in the stand and watched a couple of does bed down. Here comes this nice big buck come, come running through and scraping the trees, and he'd run over and bump them does up, sniffing around where they're laying and chasing them on down through the woods. And it's pretty cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen some big scrapes and rubs, and it was exciting. It's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm ready. You know that uh, that mid-November, man. I'm telling you, mid-November in Ohio is just, I mean, it's another world. It is, and you know, we we went down. He tries to manage those, so he was doing the doe hunt. That's all we could shoot. Except there were like two or three bucks he wants to take out because they got some abnormalities to them. So. We went down, and uh, yeah, I got an issue with my disc in my neck, so it was hard for me to pull a bow back. Mm-hmm. So I used a crossbow, my sister's crossbow, Kelly's. Yeah, cool. And I, I said I'd never hunt with a crossbow because I felt like it was cheating, but boy, was it fun. Heck yeah, it was fun. It was exciting. So I, I cleaned out my two tags and come home with a cooler full of meat. My dad used to be really hardcore. He's still, I mean, he's still pretty hardcore, but if you don't watch him, you'll see him up in a ladder stand with a crossbow. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, he hasn't got quite to the crossbow yet, but he's in that ladder stand every chance he gets. Yeah, I had that first one in the crosshairs, and I'm like, God, this is cheating. I mean, it's not like bow hunting. But, hey, man. But that trigger pulled easy. I like it. And she dropped. Whatever. So. Do it. It was Do good. It. Well, hunting season's here, man, and, you know, we've talked about it. We're all excited, and, you know, one of the main themes of everything we've talked about is getting our families involved and how important that is and spending time uh, with your family in the outdoors and building those memories and those experiences and passing on that tradition and passing on your passion. Yep. And I can tell you, you know, uh, a good topic uh, uh, of today, kind of before us, really, is to talk about uh, safety. Yes. You know, you're going to teach your kids about you know, last week I was out. I was outside with my five-year-old boy, and I was showing him the difference between white oaks and red oaks, mm-hmm. and pin oaks, and and uh, hickories, and 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 just trying to show him all of those things. But equally important is, you know, as as dads and outdoorsmen, we need to think about safety. We do, and you know, I, I try to preach to my daughter about how important it is to treat a gun mm-hmm. as it's loaded Heck every yeah. time. Yeah, whether it's unloaded or not. 
treat mm-hmm. it always as it's loaded. And the biggest concern I have, I see a lot out there, is these people walking with their you know guns in front of them, just holding them, and actually pointing to the friend beside them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen and, that. Yeah, you know, and that's my daughter. Yeah, you know, I remember trying. You know, when I first started teaching her about you know importance of gun safety and stuff, she'd shoot like at the target, and well, she'd turn around with the gun and you know just swing right in my direction. I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, what did I tell you about the barrel? Well, yeah. I've already shot. I said, it's still loaded. That's right. That's no right. matter what, it's yeah. still loaded. Yeah. So, you know, the best thing to do is just try to figure out which is the safe direction to point a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, say it's either way. I always try to keep it pointed up. Yeah. If I'm sitting in a stand or sitting in a, with, in a blind with my kids or anything. But as I'm walking, I always keep pointed down, holding mm-hmm. my arms and keep mm-hmm. them pointed down. So. Depending on the situation. It, it, yeah, it depends on the area and what you have going on. So that's that's the one thing to try to keep in mind is which way is the barrel pointing. You know, as you talk about this, too, uh, you're saying exactly. I can remember as a kid what my dad told me. You know, one of the biggest things is uh, people will tell you about firearms is assume, never assume that it's unloaded. Right. And my dad always taught me just exactly what you're saying. Assume that it is loaded. Mm-hmm. Just act like it's always loaded and never take a chance. And so you always run this fine line with your children and, and with the kids that you take hunting because, you know, take neighbor kids right. and friends and cousins and nephews and nieces and all that stuff. You 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 want to create a healthy fear but not an unhealthy right. fear right? Uh, to where they understand that, that a gun is is a tool. Uh, it's, a, it's a very dangerous tool. And... And you see the direct implications of what you've done uh, immediately. Yes. My dad always said, when that bullet leaves the the barrel, you cannot bring it back no matter how bad you want it to. That's exactly right. And, you know, and I I know as a kid it's hard because, you know, with her, she's shooting at Target or, you know, at Animal, whatever, the excitement that comes after that, they're Mm -hmm. not thinking about that gun. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about everything that just happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we... shoot targets and have a pumpkin behind it or mm-hmm. a milk jug or something with explosives just to add some excitement to it and right you know she, and she don't know about it so it's a surprise to her so <laughs> you know when that happens the explosion goes off and she grabs the gun turn around every direction and it's like whoa you know a little bit of tannerite huh we have some fun with it heck yeah man that's good stuff you know and and so you just teaching your kids just respect it have this healthy good respect and and making sure it's always pointed in a safe direction, and and learning those basics. Uh, you know, I saw an acronym that this is ACT. Assume every gun to be loaded. That's the A. Then the C is to control the muzzle. That means point the gun in a safe direction. Make sure you're trained in the right way. Uh, number three, uh, which would be T, was the trigger finger. Always keep your trigger finger off the the the, the trigger until you're ready to fire. Exactly. And then target, you know, so ACTT, making sure you've got the, you assume the gun's loaded, you, uh, you're you controlling the muzzle, your trigger finger's off the trigger until you're ready to fire, and then what's beyond your target. Exactly. Knowing you what's know beyond your what target. what direction you're shooting. And you know this, tunnel vision, I'm I'm 42 years old, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little ADD and hyperactive, but when I see an animal that I'm going to shoot, it, I, I still get tunnel vision, yeah. I still get excited, I still get pumped up, and... That's one of the reasons we do it. And so you think about this kid who hasn't, you know, experienced these things and, and you know, dove hunting or duck hunting with the following right. through on a flying animal or, or shooting a deer off of a, 
off of, off of a hill or any of those things, you've got to be aware of your surroundings and, and your target. Yeah, and that's one thing I try to do is search, like, if I, where I'm putting my stand or if I'm putting a box up, I, I search all the surroundings of, of what's around just to know what directions, you know, like one place I have a, a blind for me and my daughter will, my neighbor went and put a pop-up blind about 100 yards from us. Mm-hmm. But it's through the woods, and I know what direction it is, so we always try to shoot the deer in the opposite direction that goes down to the creek right. and a big old bank up the other side. So, right. you know, it's, it's it's important to know your surroundings, and if you don't research it, I mean, you can, I, I look on Google Earth and try to, mm-hmm. you know, look and see what all properties are around, how close mm-hmm. they are to buildings or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, There's a lot of great apps out there, too. There is, there is, and, uh, you know, it's very important to know that because I have seen... Well, just the other week, I was down there at the barn, and these guys are on a neighboring property behind us, and there's a lot of woods and stuff in between. But they, they're always back there shooting targets and whatever they're shooting. You just hear a bunch of gun firing going on. And I was up there one day and getting back in my vehicle, and I heard a zoom. I'm like, what in the world? And it just shot. So I know it was a bullet coming above me somewhere. Mm. I mean, that's the only way you're going to hear that noise. Mm-hmm. And it spooked me and scared me so I don't know how important them guys, how how important it is to them guys to know their surroundings and what's around them. But you know that that just shows that I mean they're they're a good ways off, and it just shows how you know bullets can ricochet or go in different directions. If you're right, yeah. You know, I, I my my backstop. I have these uh, railroad ties stacked up, mm-hmm. and I got a mound of dirt piled in front of it, huge mm-hmm. mound, and I kind of created a little bunker there, you know, with the sides and everything. And you know, I still have it in the direction where no no houses are or nothing mm-hmm. so i know if even if it goes through there or, or goes ricochets off of that it's nothing behind it that it can right, interfere impact. with you know uh, another thing is you you make an excellent point is when you're when you're out in the woods you say you're actually on the hunt and you've got you've got um you've got your kid or you've got uh you've got a a, a younger hunter with you another great thing is to teach them to be aware of not only their target and what's beyond their target, mm-hmm. but the possibility of other hunters exactly. being aware of your surroundings, making sure you're away from a, a property line, especially with a young hunter, making sure that you're that you know that uh, you know. We had a situation where a guy let let my son and I hunt a piece of property this year, and uh, there was some four wheeler trails or kids right. trespassing yeah. and just riding four wheelers. But anyway, we were working up this trail, and I got a bird to start gobbling, and so I set set up in the road, my son and I. And uh, the bird starts gobbling. Well, a hen starts yapping about, I don't know, 50 yards uh, away from us, but on a hill where we can't see. Mm-hmm. Well, then I recognize that's not a hen. That's somebody. Yep. And uh, it was just not a good situation. The bird uh, the bird didn't much like what was going on. But anyway, even after the bird gobbled, I went over there and I craw- crawled out there, picked up my decoys, and we turned around and we walked out of the way. Even though I had a permission slip, I was mm-hmm. 100% legal. I just did not want to put us in a situation where somebody could stand up over the hill, see my decoys, right. and get confused. And they may be a more seasoned hunter than I am. They may know better than that. They may be, they may be leaps and bounds of, uh, beyond me in hunting. But I'm not going to take I'm not going to take a risk that's unnecessary. Exactly, and that's the hard part with these public lands. It's great to have all these public lands, but you never know who's around you, who's in there <laughs> yeah. with you. Absolutely. Uh, so. Unfortunately, I tried to steer clear of the public lands just for that reason. Um, you know, I could go in there and be as safe as I can, but 
not knowing where the other the other hunter mm-hmm. is if you know they're not wearing orange or you know anything like that because i don't want to take that chance that's right and with that neighbor i went down and talked to him and let him know our you know our situation and we walked out there and i showed him where our box blind was and he you know knew what direction we were and, and luckily he's yeah you know, he said all his shots are going to be downhill from mm-hmm. where he's at he won't shoot anything behind because his house is behind him yeah so you don't want to shoot that up <laughs> welcome to the south but yeah if you have a situation like that and you know the person you know it's, it's always good to go talk to them and make mm-hmm. them aware of your surroundings too what mm-hmm. you got going on um, where you've got your stands or anything like that so that that's one thing that i'd always try to do if i if i know the person or if i can see them mm-hmm. i'll i'll talk to them holler them let them know hey mm-hmm. honey, we're over here just be careful mm-hmm. you know? so you know one of the things that uh, since uh i'm a redneck and i'm married into my family which not used to hunting and being out in the woods I've slowly, you know, converted them to redneckism, mm-hmm. and uh, most of them were very unfamiliar with guns, and uh, and so I've gotten to take uh, um, some of the ladies in the family out and just show them, look, here's how you respect a firearm, build some confidence in it. Let's shoot 22 pistols, and then we'll work our way up to a nine millimeter or something like that. But let's let's get some confidence, mm-hmm. and I do the same thing with my kids. If you if you have a question about a gun, you feel curious about it. Don't go touch it. Right. Come get me. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the range and we'll shoot the right yeah. way. And I'll let you take it apart. I'll let you load it. I'll show you how to operate. I want you to be confident. But yet I want you to have that right respect uh, uh, of how to use that tool. And and so, you know, even outside of a hunting situation, if you have a firearm in your home for self-defense right. or, or whatever it may be, you've got, uh, uh, if, you know, firearm in your in your home to to. You know, keep the coyotes out of your, uh, you know, your, your chicken house like it sometimes happens at my house. But, you know, you, you want to teach your family about respecting that farm. Mm-hmm. You want to teach them to be confident. How to use my son as we hunt. I really work on him being confident. You know, he shoots the same shotgun and, and want him, I want him to be very confident with how to load it. Make sure it's pointed in a safe direction. That he knows how to take it apart. And, and you know. And so you get you get this confidence built, and then what happens? You gun jams. Exactly. Then what do you do? They don't know. Yeah, you got to walk. Yeah, you got to walk, walk them through, through it. it, man. You got to keep them showing them the point. And do not do not let down your guard. Keep yep. that thing pointed. That is and, when things can go wrong. And you know, I've had incidents where things happen, accidents. And yeah, I have one time with my late great father-in-law, we were up in Virginia hunting and um, muzzleloader and. I was in this 76 Ford pickup. Mm-hmm. It was an old farm truck. <laughs> and I'm setting up in this field, and he's running, you know, beating the bushes, trying to do a deer drive. And I'm sitting there, and the muzzle's pointed down in the floor, and it's in the passenger side. And I'm, you know, in the driver's side, just trying to watch, see which way things are going. And a deer come out, and I reached over and grabbed that thing, and it went off. Whew. That woke you up, didn't it? First mistake is I had the hammer cocked back. Yeah. Second mistake is I wasn't cautious when I reached over and hit yeah. the trigger, so it it happens. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it has a hole in the floorboard and it, you know the bullet splintered to pieces and popped through the radiator hose. So we had a little bit of work to do after that, and I had to work on it. So yeah, you know, it it happens. And another incident I had, we was out in Colorado elk hunting with muzzle loader, and I had the gun you know beside me with the butt on the ground and it was pointing straight up. Cameraman was over my shoulder and the guide. I thought he was to the left of me, and we were sitting there, and I went to move the gun, and stick, 
a branch or something got in there because you know i had it cocked we had bulls coming in so again there i was cocked ready to go in the wrong time mm-hmm. wrong situation mm-hmm. um i should have waited till the bulls started coming in and then cocked but you know we had been on one and was getting ready to you know, thought the opportunity was getting happen, and it didn't. That's when I had it cocked, and I set it down without, um, you know, letting the, cock, the hammer down. So, um, unfortunately, it hit that that limb, and it, it went off, and my ears still ring from that. Yeah. But the guide was right behind the gun. Luckily, he wasn't oh, leaning man. over. Oh, my Or goodness. it would have been worse. So, you know, I've had the incidents happen like that, and it's scary. It seems like those things happen when you're distracted because yep. you're excited or when you're tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've been humping it. You've been on a long hike, getting after it. And, you know, sometimes hunting, you've been up for a few days yeah. and that sort of stuff. But, man, you've got you've to have a process, you know. And, and this is how it works. And this is how I think about it in my mind. And just running through that process and making sure, okay, I'm not going to pull my hammer back till I see the animal. Right. And I'm going to take that shot. And as soon as I do not get the opportunity, I'm going to ease that hammer back down, yeah. you know. And that's where, I, that's where I messed up. You know, I preached it to my daughter and my boys and everything and still yet yeah, i made a mistake myself that's cool you own up to it yeah you, know, I mean, you learn it, from it happened mm-hmm. um you know now i got the inline muzzleloader so <laughs> it's a little different but yeah still still it, it's scary it's a scary situation when it happens to you and experience it you'll understand how important gun safety is mm-hmm. yeah yeah things happen really fa- you know one of the things i learned about racing uh one of the things I, the hard lessons i learned in racing was you know, you're riding along and you think everything's cool and nothing can happen. And then next thing you know, you're sideways coming yep. out of turn four. And it happens so fast. So fast. And you're just thinking, Lord, I just want to straighten this thing out so bad. Next thing you know, they're shining a light in your eyes mm-hmm. asking you who the president is, you know. <laughs> um, things happen fast out there. You know, have processes in, in place. This ACT uh, is a good acronym to help you remember. You know, I have several acronyms that I go by. But, you know, gun safety is one part of this aspect one part of this the being outdoors so as you're as you're planning up your trip this fall and getting ready to take kids out in the woods and family you know that's that's one big aspect of it but also you need to think about uh tree stand safety that tree yeah. stand safety uh, man i can't stress that enough we've had uh, several guys that we work with in this field of uh, outdoor filming who yeah. have fallen and, and passed away great mm-hmm. men uh uh, from from uh, their their injuries sustained from falling out of a tree, and some of them even had on safety vet harnesses. Really, they were unhooking to get out of the stand. I would assume. I'm not real sure, but you know, your feet get you know or tired, or you know, you get uh, you, you've been sitting all day, and and you know, you got to think about that as you got your young ones, and you need to wear a safety harness yourself. Yeah, wear a safety harness. I don't care. Hook it up. Get lifelines. Hook it to ground, go up, wear your safety harness, because just like I said in that race car, you know, about two feet into your fall, you're going to be thinking, I wish I, I would have wore my safety. That's too late. Yep. Put that thing on. More hunters get hurt by far falling out of tree stands than they do getting shot or accidental shootings. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I've gotten up there and getting things situated in the stand and, you know, all right, everything's ready and I sit down and... I'm sitting there and I go to get my binoculars or whatever and that strap is laid across my shoulder and hanging mm. down in front of me and I'm like oh I forgot the strap in yeah um, these lifelines are they're bomb. ticket Absolutely. I love them because you hook up at the bottom before you climb up mm-hmm. and you slide that thing with you and you can't come down right until you slide it back down with you that's right 
and this i always stay hooked to it whenever i'm up in the tree you know mm. and people had talked about how you use it to get up and then you, you know strap into the tree with the belt safety belt that they supply with your harnesses but i think it's better to stay hooked to the lifeline oh yeah because it's more Absolutely. safe than mm-hmm. you know remembering to put your harness on mm-hmm. your strap on your harness mm-hmm. around the tree so you know like you said you could slip on the edge of the stand and lose balance or anything anything, anything can happen so we were on a hunt one time in Missouri, and the cameraman was getting into his stand, and we had left the stands over uh, the the winter, mm-hmm. which was probably not the best idea, <laughs> but just, you know, it's part of it. Right. And uh, squirrels had eaten the um, ratchet straps, and we didn't know it. Mm. And he stepped off for daylight into this. He had had his lifeline on, thank goodness. But when he stepped into that stand, it stayed there for about two seconds, and then it fell, like, straight down. And this was a very high stand. And it would have been really bad, but he had on his safety harness. Everything was hooked up. Grabbed another ratchet strap, stuck the stand up, and shot a deer. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a different. That think about the difference in that. So how that story would end. Oh yeah, it, definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't have been great. You know, another thing is too. You you got kids, and you're out in the woods, and you're doing a lot of hunting, and you spend time out in the outdoors on your farm or or what have you. Is uh, these utility vehicles or you know modified golf carts yep. you know most sponsor you know companies wouldn't want me to call them a golf cart but man there's some great great products out there you know uh, we've had the pleasure of of working with several different companies and and there's just good stuff out there so i'm not really calling any particular i'm just saying if you've got your kids on a vehicle that moves in a forward uh manner mm-hmm. forward or backward <laughs> take that you you need to make sure that they, you're you're they're well trained they know mm-hmm. how to operate this vehicle um that the brakes properly work <laughs> you know yep. seat belts i mean go, listen man little things like that with kids can you know you don't you, you and you can't take it back Mm-mm. you cannot take it back and so thinking ahead and being proactive instead of reactive seeing the the risks and being able to 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 figure out ways around that and to to make good wise decisions on uh, if your kids are old enough or have the ability to drive those types of vehicles and making sure they're completely safe when they do. Exactly. And, you know, there's another aspect, too, is when you're getting your stuff together, always make sure you have the proper ammunition mm. for the gun. Because mm-hmm. if you put the wrong ammunition in there, it mm-hmm. could end up bad, too. You know, it, we're old, <laughs> and it's hard to see. It's, it's hard to see, and it's hard to remember. And you always think, you know, I've got my guns packed in a gun uh, case and the ammunition's in with that gun. But I still always look and make sure they're all a two sixty, if that's what I'm shooting, or two seventy yeah. or whatever it may be. I always make sure it's the correct ammunition. Yeah, and that gets tricky because my boy shoots a 20-gauge and I shoot a 12-gauge and we were dove hunting this year. And so what I did is I kept his pile on one side and I kept my pile on the other side. All right, no, we can't mix right. trails, you right. know. Uh, which a 12-gauge won't go in a 20-gauge, but vice versa. Exactly. You know, it could happen. It could happen, and you sure don't want to do anything that, like that. No, no. And, you know, another thing is, is I work with my daughter on is wearing eye and ear protection. Mm-hmm. That's one thing in the field I don't do, but huh? when I'm target shooting, I I shoot with yeah. eye glasses and uh, ear, uh, head, uh, what do you call them, muffins, <laughs> earmuffs. <laughs> That's it. They're purple and fuzzy, you know. They go in my ears. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Muffins. I <laughs> yeah. got you. 
I'm, I'm so deaf from my racing days, I can't hear anything. And I told my boy, I said, listen, you're going to wear ear protection all the time because uh-huh. I can't hear no turkey gobble, and you're going to have to be the one that points them out. You're going to have to let so you know when they're coming. He stuck with me for life on that hunt. Poor kid. Yeah, you just, just I mean, it's simple. You know, yeah. it's simple. We don't feel like going through the hassle. Put the stuff in your uh, your bag, your shooting range bag. Mm-hmm. I got a five-gallon bucket. I got a range behind my house just like you do. And uh, I got a five-gallon bucket. It's got four sets of uh, headphones and staple right. gun. I put my targets up, and I just grab that bucket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything, if it's the foam earplugs yeah. that you put in, to, anything to help silence that noise. Yeah, make your life better. It helps. Yeah, man. But like I said, I'm still ringing from that muzzleloader going off. Mm-hmm. If I had ear protection, it might have been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sure it wasn't uh, your ears aren't ringing after you got beat up at Tri-County one night? That's not what that cost it. me. <laughs> I didn't get beat up at Tri-County. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was at Caraway. <laughs> it was Caraway. <laughs> you know, guy up and smack me in the ears from both sides, and I can't hear. <laughs> I wish it happened that way. <laughs> I wish it did, too. It would have been better than... Um, it would be a good story, anyway. Yeah. Stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, and if you don't, if, you know, if you're trying to get into guns or you know wanting to shoot, and you don't have anyone around to teach you, Google gun safety. Yeah, I mean it's all over the internet. I mean you can mm-hmm. find it, information everywhere. So, hunter yeah. safety courses now are most that, most states are requiring that. My son just took that. Yep. That's a very beneficial and helpful. I know it's a headache. I know it's a pain, but it's 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 a good program, and they teach good things. Yeah, they do, and also you know. I, there's this concealed carry gun permit that you can get and my wife went to that we enrolled our daughter she was 17 at the time mm-hmm. and even though she couldn't get her carry permit that early she still went to the safety course and i mean they teach you everything about gun safety and how to hold a gun the proper way to you know carry a gun and stuff like that so she learned a lot from that mm-hmm. yeah that's good i mean i can tell you this uh Getting an education in learning the proper use of a firearm uh, that way rather than just watching movies is probably a yeah. lot better. Yeah, the movies are not <laughs> accurate. I've noticed that. I haven't never watched movies for that reason. <laughs> because they do teach you bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like... Uh, like setting a gun in your truck and blowing a hole in the floorboard. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. That was a good lesson learned. <laughs> it happened. I mean, it did. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I learned from it. That's, I'm glad you got to share that, you know, and, and, and then it worked out the way it did, and, and you did learn from that. Well, I couldn't tell the story any other way. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way it wasn't my fault, but it just wasn't. Yeah. It was me and the gun and the truck. That was all it was there. Well, the gun didn't shoot itself and the truck didn't. <laughs> so I had to admit to it. You know, yeah, have you ever thought about writing a book? I love your sayings, hey, man. Have Philosophy you ever, by Carrier and Hart. you ever known anyone to modify or alter a gun? Yeah. All right, so you, you, you really walk off into a, um, a touchy area there because we have uh, in the world today uh, a, a flood of ARs. Yep. And, you know, I have one personally. It's by far my favorite gun to shoot at the range love mm-hmm. love it. it has a unique sound yep and picatinny rails and i can add stuff to it i can do things we've got some buddies that have suppressors and night vision and man we have a good time all those guns are so much fun so where where modification can be helpful or in areas like that if you start 
filing down triggers and you know trying to make adjustments right. like that you really you really need someone who knows what they're doing to mm-hmm. do things like that and uh i i've you know we're not quite old enough to to remember the days where people were actually like sawing off shotgun barrels right i mean i guess that was you know probably around when we were kids but now i mean you've got screwing chokes and any kind of barrel that you want to get but so there's no real reason to do anything like that right Anytime you do that, you're compromising the integrity of the of the firearm. So you need to have someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, how do you know the outcome of what's going to happen? Right. Until it does happen. Right. I don't just go knock down walls in my house without getting someone that's an engineer or, a, you know, knows something about construction because the whole house could fall. Exactly. Same thing with a gun. Yep. So if you modify it, like you say, you try to find someone that does that. I mean, there's several people out here that that's what they do. I, I mean, I even take it so far as during dove season, I don't even put a plug in my gun because I don't want to modify it. Really? <laughs> I was going to say, you're crazy if you do. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I always abide by the laws. But, but that's, you know, <laughs> <sighs> that's like this 12-gauge I got. The one you let your daughter it's shoot. three and a half, half inch, inch shells. Bag. It's three inch. It's three and a half, holds three and a half inch shells. But you know, if you put three inches in there, you can get four up in there. Yeah, that's good. And then one in the chamber. There you go. Well, I always go by the saying, you know, if you're if you're looking for ammo, especially when you shoot geese or or turkeys and you know something like that, I always say there's no replacement for horsepower. Three and a half. I love it. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's you get we just out, went you on reach a whole other subject. You reach out there and touch it. You know? <laughs> Don't wait till they get thirty yards in. Shoot them at sixty. Just get it done. Just do it. Just get it. I over mean, there's a lot of times when turkeys like like up, they lock up out there, and you they had do. to just pull out the real deal. Yeah, get on it. That is tricky. Yeah, you do not want to go with Dick Cheney. No, like that. You do not, because he has actually <laughs> proven that can happen. <laughs> he can. He's one of many that's done things like that. But I mean, there, there's a group of you in the line walking the dogs, you know, working and you know, pointing out a bird. We all get up there and in line and wait for this bird to come up. And when it comes up, it could be in the direction of your buddy. Oh, yeah. You never know. I mean, it happens. And that tunnel vision, you've got to overcome that. You cannot have yeah. tunnel vision. Yeah, that it's important to know your direction of fire. Right. Right. Uh, I went on a deer drive. First time I ever went to Iowa, you know, you read all these magazines. Oh, yeah. And, man, you're just so pumped up about going to Iowa. And I put in for a tag. I got a tag. I went to shotgun. And the shotgun season there. And, uh. I didn't see anything. I was hunting with these guys, and we was hunting on public land and hunting with some buddies, and, and you know, we just didn't prepare well, and and uh, so we decided to go uh, on deer drives with a bunch of guys, native uh, uh, people from Iowa there, and um, so I'm hunting with them, and I'm going to tell you right now, it was crazy. These deer come out of the woods, and they're, I mean, they've got the afterburners on. Oh, yeah. And you've got 15 guys lined <laughs> up in a road, and then 15 guys coming to you. And yeah, I was. Whew, that was that was some. It's you, chaotic. You got to be on your game it right there. It's chaotic so. there because, like I said, it's fast paced, mm-hmm. and it happens so quick that you don't have time to think. You just have to know beforehand. Prepare yourself. What direction? Yeah. No matter how big the deer is. Yeah. If it's if it's the biggest buck, but he's running by your cousin or your dad, you don't want to shoot in that no. direction. No, it's not worth it. Uh-uh. It's not worth it. I ain't never had that issue in in that type of situation, but I can imagine how hard that would be to deal with. Yeah, that was not my favorite. I mean, I I enjoyed the camaraderie and the 
hanging out with the guys that was good times with them but uh it's the hunt side of it that that's just not you know i mean i know guys do that and i know they love it and, and heck yeah go get it and have a good time it's just not quite my cup of tea right. exactly so number one thing is be safe know right. know your gun safety and all your safety rules in the field like I said, in the tree stands or in four-wheelers or mm-hmm. atvs whatever it may be you always know your safety be engaged with your family. Yep. Uh, don't assume they know. Teach. Pass on your passion. And teach them how to enjoy it respectfully. Yeah. You know, even though I've been teaching my daughter, and she she's got it all down, but you know, I still point things out. Oh yeah. Always, always keep reminding them. Because like me, I forgot. Heck yeah. And it happened. It happens. So safety is the issue. Be on top of it. Don't let it go away. This is Carrie Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors. Hey, Junior Nation. Now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. Well, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to this week's Earnhardt Outdoors. And if there is anything anybody out there wants to hear about, send us your questions, your comments, and send us some pictures. I want to see something big. That'd be nice. Big old buck. I'm ready to see some pictures. And I mean, I'm seeing a few bucks and stuff up in Pennsylvania that are pretty nice, but I know there's some pictures out there to top at. Yeah, heck yeah, man. My dad's in Canada right now on a hunt, and he said it was a down around zero degrees this October. Wow. He said it was snow on the ground, a big nor'eastern blew in, and it's freezing cold, so they, they're no telling what they're going to see up there. That'd be exciting. Heck yeah. Hey, get him to post it. Yeah, send I'm going to post it to us, or just, you know, maybe it's too cold for him, he could send us up there to take his place. That'd be even better, wouldn't it? I bet he won't do that. <laughs> I bet he won't either. Because he's up there without you right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I know he's not going to send us up there in his place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to thank Exalta again for all they do for Dirty Mo Radio. Mm-hmm. And be sure to go and follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Exalta Racing. That's right. And then, you know, I forgot to mention, if you're going to make a post, we're everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, at Earnhardt Outdoors. E-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T Outdoors, if you need to know how to spell it. Come check us out. We're on the World Wide Interweb. Interweb? Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? Interweb. That's the new That's the new way of saying it. Well, we always post stuff on Earnhardt Outdoors. So even if you don't have anything, check us out and just see, you know, keep up to date with us and see what all's going on. Uh, we post stuff from our trips for hunting and fishing or whatever it may be so until next time folks thank you again and see you a couple weeks thanks for listening to dirty mo radio man what a show this has been that's right i mean you got your money's worth on this show you blew it again darn it big money making idea (laughs) big mouth gives it away (laughs) i had a hell of a soundbite going hey everyone this is ron lamasters host of historically speaking tune in every friday right here on dirty mo radio this is going to be fun i'm really looking forward to this